All right, so what are we doing? Uh, let's do Brightburn and uh, Map Steel. I'll work myself okay. up into the second <laughs> half for Bling Ring. It's probably probably the best. <laughs> that way you could be like, uh, let's do this another time. I don't have any. Yeah. After getting mad about Brightburn, mad at me about Brightburn, and then mad at General about Man of Steel. So... <laughs> You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. It's a good place to start. Yeah. The uh, voice you're hearing uh, is my co-host from a uh, new project, Dave. Uh, do you want to uh, tell people? <laughs> what... sound like I am the new project. A new project, I guess Dave. you are. This is a little bit up for review. Long term, four or five year project. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think you have a five star rating as a human on Apple Podcasts, oh. but God, no. The podcast, though, <laughs> that you're on. Yes. As you mentioned, the project and podcast we're doing is called a podcast directed by where Mike and I take a look at the best directors of film and take a look at their movies and kind of go on a little 10 movie journey together and figure out what they do well and what the kind of narrative structure of their career is and figure out maybe what their masterpiece is and give some advice on what movies to watch, you know, so you don't have to sit through all 10. Maybe there's two or three great <laughs> ones to start with that we'll figure well, out. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing now a lot of pressure on myself. That's so like, wait, what is the best in filmmaking? Uh, don't bother. I'll explain what you're missing. Uh, I don't know about that, Dave. <laughs> I, at first I was stuck on you saying we're presenting the best. Um, which I think is probably sad to say with movie podcasts, because there's a lot of like, here's the worst thing ever. Let's make fun of it. Yes. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna do the terrible marketing and say, uh, most of it'll be all right. It should be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're searching for the middle. Yeah, yeah, we're we're searching for that sweet spot. I think I think that's actually one of the things that's most fun about it for me is that. You know, with podcasts and with the internet, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of like kind of podcasts like how did the, how did this get made style where it's like oh look at this pile of crap isn't this terrible let's laugh at it whereas we're trying to find the good you know we're taking we're not going to look at you know directors like len wiseman we're going to look at uh the good directors what, like john ford like five underworlds or something in in there and yeah and uh and the total recall update that's uh yeah yeah uh, not doing that yeah so there should be there should be a uh happy medium i'm assuming if we're yeah. looking at the uh you know the greats, the greats that you exactly. and I bicker about yeah. behind the scenes on who to feature. There'll be some, there'll be some okay movies, I guess. <laughs> These people are all right. So <laughs> Nancy Myers to... coming soon to a podcast it, it, directed by. It, I know it's going to happen just uh, for me to keep you on the show. It's going to have to. We're going to have to do Nancy Myers eventually. It's, Probably around Christmas. Coming. You know, as a, as a present to me. You know, that's a that's a that's pretty good idea, actually. That's, it gives you enough time, our, Dave. Our, our December special. It'll be good. gives the listeners enough time if they choose to check it out. And speaking of which, uh, I guess where can they find it at this point? Yeah, of course, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. Um, you just look up a podcast directed by, and you can follow us on Twitter at DirectedByPod. Uh, now that that business is out of the way, Man of I think Steel. You're proud of me. I think you're proud of me for not saying iTunes. Well, said, we, d- we do enough of this uh, 
Uh, it's like you're doing the talk show circuit, but it's just my various talk it's shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, what is this one going to be? I think this will be original remake, right? That's what we're yes. doing. Man yeah, of Steel. Well, you know, fine, I guess. Twist my arm. I'll throw it. On, <laughs> I'll throw it on that feet. Man of Steel and Brightburn. And uh, you started this by saying, I guess, that you're to blame. Uh, pro- I guess for this podcast because you kind of talked me into going to see Brightburn. I went like Saturday morning for like a 9 a.m. showing. My <laughs> wife was like, "I have no interest in that." What is that one? Oh yeah, the evil Superman. And um, <laughs> I guess the payback to you, but considering I don't really like Man of Steel, like I had to yeah, suffer through that as well. But uh, it was a rewatch. You're still coming out in the negative here. Yeah. It's, well, it's you know that good for you. Pretty much any time you hear me, dear listeners, on any podcast or feed, I'm coming out in the negative somehow. Uh, even if I liked it, it was overall negative experience. Usually because Dave is talking with me. It's just what he'll he will yeah, find fair enough. <laughs> the blackest part of the human soul and expose it. Even preview for our Nancy Myers month. I'm sure he will do it there as well on a podcast. Oh, I can't by. wait. Yeah. That'll be great. You don't have to work too hard. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Brightburn because it's new. You are a gift. I know it's been difficult for you lately that you feel different from other kids. You are different. After your dad and I got married, we prayed for a baby for so long. Why do people that are supposedly Superman fans seem to hate Superman so much? And I, I'm roping in Man of Steel as well with this because both sure. versions are presenting a decidedly edgier, darker version. One of them where he's an out-and-out villain in Brightburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> not not to pull like a Tarantino here, but like I, I disagree with the entirely i do oh this I don't is gonna be rough like, then <laughs> i don't feel like the creators of brightburn ever come out and say they like superman i mean i think they're pretty pretty clear it's very it's they like very, him enough feels, to rip him off well yes yes it feels very much like a like one of those what if comics mm-hmm. right from back in the day like what if superman was evil and but i kind of like those plenty of them I'm, I'm sure that there have it's not exactly the biggest uh the biggest leap right because he is you're just flipping it on its head because superman unless you're Zack snyder is designed to be the ultimate good 
in society. It's what we strive to be. He is literally a Superman, and that is not just because he's strong and he can fly. It's because he is the best of us. He has been raised by the best of us, and he's taken all those messages and become and become something better and something we can look up to, right? So you flip that on its head. It's like, well, what if this alien came to Earth, and no matter who taught him, he doesn't have empathy, and he's evil instead of good? And how terrifying would that truly be? It's basically what the kind of Zack Snyder universe pays lip service to, right? All, all his enemies in those movies are like on Capitol Hill and be like, well, what if he someday decides to be mean? What will we do then? And it's that, but taken to, to its, its height, its most extreme. And that's kind of what I love about Brightburn is that they don't they don't muddy the waters with silly things like subtlety or character development they just kind of dive in yeah uh on that note here uh i see bright giving you the, the ammo <laughs> on imdb label as a horror movie which it it definitely at times shockingly decides to 100 the horror movie superman slash boy here as a slasher the slasher movie mm-hmm. makes no fucking sense this is, whatsoever well, i think this is, this is another reason like when i saw it like Hopefully, I didn't like text you and go like, "Mike, you'll love this. You should go see it." Because I don't think no, you did. I would have. I think okay, you just said so. I liked it or something like that, yeah. or it was pretty good. <laughs> yes. So it is very much a slasher movie. Um, it is, like I said, it does lack subtlety. It is Superman, not only evil, but Superman as Michael Myers, right? The like stalking force that you cannot stop, no matter what you do. And one of the things I kind of love about this movie is that when you have that first kill, because I think the the first big kill in the movie is the quote unquote car accident. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember because when it first happens, they pan away from it really quickly. And I was like, Oh, that are they just going to like not be gory? This setup is kind of a horror movie. And then of course they like go back and zoom in and just show you. I mean, I've seen a lot of horror movies and a lot of gross stuff on film, but there are moments in this one where I was like, Ugh, Jesus, I was not prepared for this. That's not what I thought I was walking into. And I think it's interesting because they set it up as this evil Superman movie, but I don't think they ever set it up as a full-on horror movie, right? Like in all the advertisements. So that was a bit of a surprise to me. And I know you're not a big horror fan, and I am. So I think, you know, it's not surprising that we're coming at this with two very different experiences. I think, uh, you know, the horror genre is coverage for being incredibly stupid oftentimes <laughs> i mean yes i agree as a horror fan i totally agree with that statement and uh don't get me wrong i can be a big fan of incredibly stupid they're you know broad comedies like there's something sure. about mary i think it's fantastic mm-hmm. incredibly stupid oftentimes stupid characters the <laughs> the superman concept that we get here i hated that the it's like uh it's a possession movie as well it's it's not just that it's this kid. Yeah, I wasn't who, a big fan of that. Aspect. Yeah, it's like his alien ship. He's like a virus. He's been programmed. You know, he's a a sleeper agent that is awakened at a certain point. Maybe when his uh you know Dragon Ball Z style his power power threshold is like level whatever to really nerd out. And they like wake I'm him gonna, up. I'm just gonna agree with that. having never seen anything about Dragon Ball Z. I'm just gonna nod. I my had head some and go, okay. uh, friends who I've done podcasts <laughs> with who were really big into it. Tried to get me to watch it, and it was like. 
uh, and I tried to tell them this, like, I'm like, I'm not watching this because it is like the midi-chlorian <laughs> sequence of Phantom Menace, except for like seasons. It's like, they've got it down to a oh, mathematical God. science as far as how now I never want to see yeah, it. I just, Jesus. it's just not for me. It's not my style of, you know, fantasy or superhero right. shit. Uh, so I didn't like that. I didn't like the alien ship being the main influence because, uh, you know, there's like hints in this movie that what they're like trying to get at is this like toxic masculinity that seems to be prevalent in dorks or those who are bullied, those who are repressed in some way. But the problem I even have with that is like, he's not really repressed for that long. Like man of steel handles that. I don't think gracefully either, but that's like the big <laughs> push and pull between, you know, Pac sure. and Kevin Costner. No, no, no. You got to you know withhold everything. Um, I think the Incredibles mm -hmm. does that probably by far the best. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also like that it's the dad who can't stand that their kids are not winning like all the competitions. I feel like I'm like, yeah, that taps into something there more so than <laughs> Kevin Costner <laughs> being showing restraint. Uh, but Brightburn, it's like he doesn't seem quite old enough. Like, I feel like this kid, I feel like it works better if he's a teenager to tap Probably. into that. Uh, maybe the imagery is scarier by having like what's still kind of a child instead of like a young adult. Well, I, and I presence. think what they're and I think what they're also again, not very subtly trying to put across here is kind of the the terror of puberty, right? Um, so if he's a teenager, he's a little bit, he's a little bit, at least gone through a little Did bit of that, that already. I didn't find that myself. What's the question? <laughs> that there was uh, is some sort of inherent terror in puberty. No, but I think from a I felt like I just discovered as, as, great new things that could pass the time. <laughs> but I'm sure as a parent, as you see your child changing and maybe doing things that like don't, don't really fit with their personality. And like, I mean, sometimes with, when kids are going through that pretty emotionally troubling time, there does seem to be kind of this weird lack of empathy. Like I'm going to do whatever I want. Sure. F you mom, F you dad, you know, so you get that here. I mean, again, it is not graceful. <laughs> A lot of things <laughs> that when you look back, you probably regret yourself. Like, ah, that was, why was well, I so exactly. short or why was I so angry? I don't even know why I was angry. At that <laughs> why time. was I so short? I feel like that's aimed at me. Uh, but... <laughs> it actually wasn't, but you know what? You deserve it. Your defensive Brightburn, sure. <laughs> but I think, honestly, the things that work about Brightburn for me, um, some of it is what I'm bringing to it already, right? knowing that it's a quote-unquote evil Superman movie. But I do like the horror uh, slasher aspect because I'm a fan of those type of movies. And I also like the things that it turns on its head. Like you could very easily just have like, oh, this evil superpowered kid and he murders everyone, which they have. But I like the fact that they throw the kind of symbols in here, right? Whereas in every Superman movie, you know, the S is the symbol of hope and it's something to look up to. And the fact that he has his own symbol and now that becomes the symbol of fear and what that would do to the populace at large once he's out and about by the end of this movie is that, oh, now you see that symbol in, in the sky. It's the opposite of, of the bat signal, right? To use another DC reference. Like you see that and you're like, okay, we're, we're calling in the troops and it's going to be okay. You see that symbol in the sky and it's like, oh, we are completely screwed and there's nothing on this earth that can stop him. And I kind of I kind of dug that aspect of it to, like, take all this super stuff inherent to Superman and to just put it in your face and be like, now look how terrifying this can truly be. I mean, I feel like we get that in Man of Steel by accident because <laughs> he, he takes well, out a whole city. <laughs> yeah. I was terrified then. I mean, it was, it's interesting because, like, in Brightburn, I find it terrifying. And in Man of Steel, I just find it, like, 
eye-rollingly bad where I just sit there and be like, oh, you just missed the mark. Like you were going for one thing and you think you got it, but you couldn't be more wrong. I mean, Whereas I, I, Brightburn is going for something not subtle, but it gets there. Like you know that this character is evil Superman. There is no question in your mind. Whereas I think the way you and I view Man of Steel, I don't think Zack Snyder sees it the same way. I, I, think I definitely don't think the uh, the fight sequence towards the end of the film with Michael Shannon that pretty much is the reason Batman versus Superman exists instead of Man of Steel 2 was that the public yep. at large, even though it was a financial hit, maybe not quite the financial hit they were hoping for with Man of Steel, but the reaction was, I mean, why did Superman... It made money, but it's, it's certainly not what they wanted. Like, this should have been one of the biggest money makers in history. And like, the talking oh, we points get Superman were, again. why did Superman allow all those people to die? Why did he actively participate in the killing of all those <laughs> people weird. by <laughs> flying through those buildings that like just toppled behind him? Like was not a, you know, the, if, if Brightburn, you know, one, one of my issues with, I also thought of uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil um, because throughout the film, as you often do, I mean, I, I, yeah, just <laughs> I'm eating lunch. I'm at work. <laughs> just hmm. wistfully think of Benny Boo <laughs> and that red leather. Um, <laughs> I still have that. I've, I'm sure I've shown you that before. My uh, Daredevil. I uh, believe you have. Ben Affleck bobblehead, which I cherish. Yes, as you Daredevil. Do. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, that is a purchase I don't regret. Um, though I somehow should. less nerdy than the Dragon Ball Z stuff. Sure, well of course, <laughs> you're moving in the right direction. Well, I may be one of the only people left that still like has one on display. You know, even Ben yeah. <laughs> Affleck's family was like, "Bad move." Why'd we don't do talk that? about that. Um, but Brightburn, you know, you mentioned the symbolism, which I think would be cool. Like a teenager would like, or you know, a young man on the cusp of being a teenager would like love that power over like, oh yeah, his, especially his peers. And they, they, I think it's budgetary that kind of keeps this very limited for what their aims are sure. because it, you know, being a horror film and then them leaning in that direction as opposed to like an actual like anti-hero movie is. It's one to one relationships. It's this girl he has a crush on, and that's that's really the only like peer you get to see him like enact this like reign of terror over or control. Is this girl he has a crush on? So the symbols kind of bothered me just because I was reminded of one thing I really dislike uh, of a few of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> is uh, do you remember the sequence in the subway uh, where he like just fucking kind of like Superman? He just like allows this man to die. I didn't really have a problem yes. with that, but he. Uh, he like puts his like letters like in gasoline to be discovered by a cop. Uh, yes, There's a shot yes. where they like flick a cigarette and it's like the DD light up. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but isn't he trying to just like keep it street level and secret? Like he's like, he's doing these bad things that he knows are incredibly against his like code and his like right. day to day life. But he still wants some credit for his like, you know, <laughs> badass alter ego. That doesn't really, I, I'm just guessing that back in, you know, 2002 or three when they were filming that, um, that someone's like, that would look cool. And they're like, oh yeah, well, yeah it's super movie. Let's put Daredevil in flames there. Yeah, and without just like the asking. crow. It'll be great. It'll be <laughs> At least the crow, it's like, he is back from the grave to <laughs> terrorize right. people. It makes yeah. sense. And he's only going to be there for exactly. one night. So, you know, doesn't have to worry yep. about the repercussions. <laughs> Brightburn, and, you know, not to get too spoilerly, but, you know, the, what the ending of the film, 
Um, and considering that this thing tanked, it's like, you know, it's gone the way of Booksmart. <laughs> strange bedfellows. <laughs> yeah, that is a really strange double feature <laughs> of, there. It's, of these two Although films. I probably did see these, like, the, the same week. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a weird week. And, uh, you know, two little indies that were like, maybe, maybe we can, like, break out. Um, and they were smaller budgets. But Brightburn, you know, sets up this, like, their own little sort of evil, I guess, gun family universe. Because it's, like, James Gunn and, what, like, two of his brothers? Or I don't know. There's, like... There's some some relation. Yeah, yes. they're they're all over this. They set up this universe that you're talking about. Like, what if this came to pass? Like, what if like people finally realize? Except for the most of the movie, he's trying to like cover his tracks. And I'm like, God damn it! Why didn't you just do that like halfway in? Because you're never gonna make this sequel. This this sequel is not coming. It bombed. It tanked. And that's like you're. It's like they treat it like a television show. Like they they pitch this to Netflix and they they didn't pick it up. The I don't know why, because Netflix would pick up anything. But this is like this seems like a ten-part series that would have been really cool on Netflix. And it does. I think you're right. It does feel a little bit like like the entire movie is an introduction, mm-hmm. like like it's a prequel. Uh, again, without getting massive massive spoilers away, the way the end credits are set up, like it is very much like it did feel like. But this is what we really want to do. Mm-hmm. Can we do this? If we had Can money, we if we had more money, moment? we would do this. Yeah. Yes, I, but I do think. Uh, the credits are also one of the worst parts of the movie because it has a particular song choice as the credits begin to roll, which is maybe the most name? Billy Eilish, Eilish, Billy Eilish. Okay, yeah. Eilish. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, you just like this person, right? bad guy. Like, yeah, I can't stand her. I think she's what terrible. Is this, but... Who is this person? Isn't this she like 15 years old? What, why are you picking yeah, on she's... a teenager? You love Brightburn. Why are you picking on her? I just, I just hate popular things, Mike. That's what this is. Is she comes really popular? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like number one album in the, in the world. When that album first came out, huge, massive. Isn't that funny? Because does that matter anymore? Because what does number one album mean? Well, okay, let me put it this way. To see her live cost you about three or $400 a ticket. How about really? that? I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to kind of go to a, like one of those, uh, one of those concert setups where you, there's like five stages and, you know, 25 bands. Then you can kind of see yeah. her affordably. But if you wanted to see her like in an arena tour, I mean, you're talking a hundred. I just know dollars, she's very like, young. So I'm like, I'm not going to talk too much shit about a child like you, but I'm yeah. also, seems, but, it sounds like she's doing well for herself. She is. And my problem isn't her. My problem is the choice of that particular song. The song is literally called bad guy. And that is how the song. Opens you listen to the, the lyrics. Roll. Maybe they explain themselves like, more. <laughs> subtle <laughs> and i know it feels silly to complain about subtlety in a movie mm-hmm. like brightburn mm-hmm. but even someone like me who loved it was watching it and like oh really come on guys <laughs> that is it's not the way to go but i did enjoy the end credit sequence it's it's really fun and goes way over the top and tells you like if they had money this could be interesting but then again you run into the problem that every superman movie does no matter good or bad the superman problem which we've talked about on other podcasts where it's like okay that as a villain that might get old really quickly like do you do two hours of him just wrecking shop like no matter where he goes like how do you stand up to an evil superman right uh, do we have a good general zod i, I don't know how does this work <laughs> so i i guess uh, you know the best attempt uh, was Batman versus Superman, right? And I, I'm yeah. <laughs> not that it makes uh, a lick of sense, but just Batman the yeah. icon is like people are like, well, sure. that could that'll be a struggle, but Batman's better, so I, I I can I can bet on Batman just because he's more popular. That seems to be like, there's yeah. no way they would be equals if you're just looking at the world building, but in pop culture they are. 
or I guess Batman's more. Yeah. Look, Batman's super, super smart. So he wins, I guess. That's the the lesson of it's brooding, you know. Yes. He doesn't have to wear red underwear. It's black. You know, that's that's (laughs) he's not some pansy like Superman. He still wears underwear, but it's all black, so (laughs) it's it's all seamless. It's slimming, blacks and grays. Good. Goodbye, my son. Hopes and dreams travel with you. He'll be an outcast. I'll kill him. How? He'll be a god to them. child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended? What if a child aspired to something greater? My son was in the bus. He saw what Clark did. You're the answer, son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. And I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. How do you find someone who has spent a lifetime covering his tracks? For some, he was a guardian angel. For others, a ghost who never quite fit in. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. So Man of Steel, uh, I liked it more this time. I let me peek behind the curtain. I watched it the day after Brightburn. So I'm oh like, well, no what? <laughs> You're like, <"This> is great. <laughs> look, uh, there's a lot to like here. Um, Henry Cavill's fantastic. It's unfortunate that he, to me, is never... they don't let him smile or have any charm or uh, enjoy he's him. A, he's a little bit with Amy Adams. Yeah, and this a little. I mean, a little flirtation. I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, those scenes for sure. Amy Adams, I love. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Michael Shannon as Zod uh, is fantastic. Uh, I, I like Costner. I like Diane Lane as the parents. The sequences they have, I don't really like the mechanics. Too bad about that script, isn't it? <laughs> the the way Too they use. The I mean, you know, one of my favorite things about Superman. You know, you, you're talking about the uh, the possible like Brightburn universe where it's like it would get old to see like a Superman villain just beat shit up for two hours, and <laughs> then they maybe have a Hail Mary where you know <laughs> they introduce a more popular figure to like take him down. Like Billie Eilish would you know come in, I guess, <laughs> and beat up Brightburn because she's apparently <laughs> you know Michael Jackson now. Or uh, okay, Michael... I'm in for this extended universe. Do well, it. let me catch myself, <laughs> Michael Jackson, without the allegations of what she did with. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I need another pop icon. I don't know who can I go to. Bono, I'm uh, sure there's something with him too. Tax evasion, I think I don't tax know. evasion. For Taylor Bono. Swift, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, Man, she seems problematic too. Anyway, someone popular <laughs> that we would root for to beat up Brightburn here. 
But <laughs> Superman in this, like the best thing about him is he's all powerful. But like, in, you know, one of the better comic book storylines is like the death of his father. He just has like a heart attack. He just can't. He knows his father. Like he can feel his father's about to die. He can see, he can hear like his body is failing him Oof. and can't do anything about it. that is incredibly tragic and horrifying to have all those powers and have too much information and be helpless, be helpless. Yeah. Great. Here we introduce something where he could, but he doesn't because they don't want to, they don't want to, I guess <laughs> they don't want to do the bright burn Ben Affleck daredevil thing and out that there is a super being here. Even though I'm thinking that in the middle of a tornado, you could couch like, boy, that kid's fast. He's going to play football one day. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Great. They've been I mean, over backwards it, for tragedy here. I mean, they've been over backwards to the fact that, like, essentially we have to we have to believe that Superman only has two speeds, right? That he has, like, normal human guy in hiding and supersonic can never deny that this actually happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, I don't know if you have that. Do you have that power? You can go probably go half speed and be like, wow, like you said, that kid's really fast. That's amazing. That's a miracle. But not to the point of like, oh, that's clearly an alien. That's clearly a superhuman. Also, but being they, the first of your kind, would you jump to that anyway? This isn't set in like the, uh, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything. Just mutants running everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah, there's there's a lot of mistakes in this movie and it's. And it's upsetting because the movie itself, at least in some sequences, looks phenomenal. It's a Zack Snyder movie. The man knows how to make a good-looking trailer, if nothing else, which is another thing that will always upset me because this is maybe the best trailer ever ever made. It which is, is one probably of the best trailers of all time. The music, it's the fun. message, yeah. Yep. I mean, he. it really seemed like whoever cut that trailer uh, understood Superman, so clearly Zack Snyder didn't cut it. Um <laughs> And so I remember I remember watching this movie and being so disappointed. And it's interesting that you say when you watch it now, there's a lot of good stuff here. And there is every time I watch it, I actually like it a little bit more. Like, I don't think I'll ever get to the point of actually liking it, but it's like acceptable. Now I can watch it. and It doesn't hurt. Whereas the first time I watched it, it's got a lot of problems. But I think the biggest problem this movie actually has, other than like kind of destroying who Pa Kent was, and that really sucks when you've got Kevin Costner because it's perfect casting here. But I think the big mistake they make, and this is DC, their movie universe in general, they're always rushing to the punch. They just can't wait to get to something you recognize. If it's me, I don't make my first Superman movie have him go against Zod. Because you're you're taking your most recognizable villain and someone who can match Superman right away. He needs time to learn. He needs time to figure things out. That's why, you know, way back when in the eighties, you you brought in Zod in the second movie. Right? So it's like you don't you don't rush to it. So you don't have this guy who can match him and put him in a situation where I don't know, he has to snap somebody's neck and murder someone. <laughs> instead of solving it a better way. And it makes sense given the fact that this is kind of his first his first big fight. He doesn't know how to handle it because he's never done it before. But that's why you don't rush in to Zod. I, I really hate, but I hate that, you know, they, they introduce Zod, you know, when he gets his crazy sp Kryptonian spacesuit off and he's like mainlining on like <laughs> the Earth atmosphere. I hate how quickly, because I'm thinking like, oh, that's that's the logical, that's how Superman beats him. Like maybe he's not as equipped right. or trained, but he is also of Earth now. He's a protector of this planet. He's grown up here. That's his main strength is that 
he's not been indoctrinated with this fucking <laughs> crazy like <laughs> you know gene therapy shit that they're doing on Krypton to like create the perfect like super soldiers. And uh, of course, they just throw that out. They have one sequence where Michael Shannon just makes five minutes later, crazy face, fine. and then he's you know somehow he's better than <laughs> Superman at fighting again on Earth. Just like that, uh, you know, they're they're just you have to be very careful with Superman as a figure, as for all the things we've talked about, as far as giving him, making him likable and relatable, but also alien and alien in the sense that mm-hmm. oh, he's the best superhero ever created. I don't mean best and most interesting as far as like that's going to be the biggest problem if you put them in a video game. Whoever chooses Superman is a Golden State Warriors fan, right, Dave? Right. Well, at least uh, up until this year. Yes. Okay, as of, uh, yes. Thank you for that shot. I appreciate that. You Look, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, am, I am kicking you when you're down, but would it have been worse we if I'd said... Superman with really bad hamstrings. I mean, that's... that's bad. You know, I could have said, you know, or a Toronto's, Toronto Raptors fan, but I felt like... Ooh. Casuals would be like, why did he say that? What is that? That's the a movie thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, they won the championship, but the Warriors are still the You know, they are they are the Bono to the Raptors' Billie Eilish. You tell me that she's the champion of music. I'm like, who is that? All right, I'll take that. There you go. I came back around. <laughs> Got in your good graces. I think, uh, yeah, I think Man of Steel, it's weird, right? Because you're talking about they're in a big damn hurry, like once they get to the superhero shit. But like it's a, a tale of two halves here, where like the beginning of it, they're like they're in full on like Snyder must have fucking loved Tree of Life when it you know came out. He must have been like I don't know if he understood it, but he like he it. loved the look <laughs> of it. He loved the voiceover. You know, Superman's gonna like hitchhike. He's gonna be out on the ocean. Great shots, but it's like it's a very slow movie, and it's jarring when they're like they get in a big damn hurry when like Zod shows up, and there's all sorts of crazy. You know, Amy Adams, Lois Lane is somehow in the middle of a lot of action. She's like flying through the air just so Superman can save her, all that shit. And it's, it is, I think, I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think when I revisit it, this, I think this is my third time watching it. I think I get more disappointed. I was angrier the first time around, but now I get more disappointed because there's like Russell Crowe on Krypton, that whole like 20 minute sequence, all that works. But it tricks me. It tricks me every time. I like that a lot. I love the introduction of the movie. And I, I think, that's another reason it annoyed me so much when I first saw it. And I was like, Oh man, this is, this is cool. They're going weird. Like they're going a little bit over the top. And then the movie just grinds to a screeching halt. When they have to throw punches pretty much. Yeah. I I think that when you get into the I mean, they're going for this, like they're, they're going for the anti Superman returns. I remember the criticism there was like, well, Superman never really fights anything. And it's Lex Luthor again. Uh, I think they had to like reshoot. I guess you can call it that. The the sequence do you remember where like the bullet hits him in the eye? That was like added way late trailer. in the game. Yeah, because they're like, we don't have any cool Superman shit. And I'm like, how did you spend two hundred fifty million dollars and you don't have any cool Superman shit? So here they're like, God damn it, we're gonna give you. Well, they some... had to cast the great Kevin Spacey, right? I mean, that's ooh. I thought you were yeah, gonna go mean back with on that. Uh, Brandon Routh there, and I thought he was. Well, I, I could. I, Really? Because I just watched uh, Zach and Miri, and him and Justin Long are fantastic in that sequence. Well, no, here's the thing. I actually think Brandon Ruth is very good and could play a good Superman. But again, this is they did the same thing they did with Cavill here is they like don't give him a lot of opportunities to show some fun. And well, he's a deadbeat dad in that movie. <laughs> right. He's a deadbeat dad. And here it's just like, oh, God, it's so terrible to have all these great powers. Ugh, I guess I'll go hitchhiking and not fight back when people throw things at me. Like, oh, can we get to the fun? Superman should be fun. I think he's like that gets too much. 
my big issue with Brightburn was watching these two together because <laughs> I buy Snyder Superman as the one who breaks bad. Finally, he's been repressed and he takes nothing but shit from people. There's a guy that th- <laughs> uh, a very Brightburn like scene, a guy that throws beer in his face and challenges him to a fight. And instead of just being like, oh, that dude who looks jacked as hell uh, just knocked him on his ass. He goes outside and picks up his like truck and puts hey. it in Why the air punch that dude in the face? stop playing around with his vehicle you, <laughs> like, don't, you don't think I... that's gonna be like some sort of like uh well, there's something very strange that happened somehow a truck ended up on a telephone pole <laughs> on the top that's the thing like like you don't want to get any you know any publicity by punching this man's face into oblivion okay fine but like instead you literally by hand wrap his truck <laughs> into some sort of like modern art masterpiece <laughs> like should somebody be calling? I'd be calling the news. Look at this crazy thing. Like, it doesn't make a lot. And it did feel like it was one of those things where, like, we haven't had him actually do anything for, like, an hour. So we got to do something. I mean, you had Henry Cavill keep... shirtless and on fire. You know, that was good That's enough. Good. That's good. Uh, jumping around the old rig. That. Yeah. Fine. Um, can you imagine a version of Deepwater Horizon where it's just a Superman story, but it's just two hours of just his time on the oil rig? <laughs> Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds like a terrible idea. Like, no, no, no. But still somehow better than Man of Steel. So. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there'd be just action. It would just be one, two hour action sequence. It may actually be shorter because Superman would solve that. Right. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. But Snyder's version wouldn't because he wouldn't want to go too far into Superman territory. He would just jump and grab. Someone's watching me. I better let nine people die instead. Like, Jesus, come on. Come on, Snyder. Both both films. And I guess that's just why, like, I open with why do people hate Superman so much is it feels like narratively they have to have a repressed character because they realize if he's not repressed, uh, you have like a five minute movie. Where it's like he just if he taps into every power he has, it's like, well, I can solve this quickly. But it's interesting that like, yeah, you know, if you watch like Justice League the animated series, which has, takes a lot of its its episodes from like comic book series, they put him in interesting conundrums. And I'm like, just just steal that. Snyder, you already did it with right. Watchmen. Just steal one of it's, those adventures. And it's it's so easy when someone is that superpowered. Like, yes, you do run into the challenge of nothing can stop him. But it's very easy to let those powers get out of control. Right. And overstep and do too much and not understand that humans have weakness where you don't. So you can't just let those powers run rampant. And there, you know, there's a story there in like not letting or controlling yourself instead of just being like I mentioned, there's only two seeds Like you got to figure out that happy medium for Superman to still live in that world. And you can still have the storyline of him trying to fit into the human world. And instead this movie takes the idea of like, well, I think I'll just disappear instead of trying to fit in until maybe the last sequence in the movie where he's like, Oh, okay. Now I'll put on the glasses. Cause people expect that. Like uh, he just, he's not, this is Snyder not doing the work. And it becomes clear. The more comic book movies he did that he's much, he's probably much better doing a Batman movie than he is a Superman movie. I think he'd because be he operates in the dark. If he had, if yes, he had, 100%. instead of made Sucker Punch, he had made Brightburn. Oh God! As, as long as we can watch Sucker Punch away from me ever seeing it, then I'm I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to end on a, a positive note. Good luck. I'm going to ruin it for you. Please make your attempt. <laughs> best best uh, Superman movie. Doesn't have to be Superman proper, but 
an obvious nod to like the Superman mythos. Are you asking me the question? Or are you you're, give you me are so you blank. You know, I've, I've got the easy answer. I've got the layup, but I'm I'm giving you the opportunity to say it first. I mean, now I feel like there's expectations, and I'm not going to meet them. <laughs> Dave, that should be normal sure. for you. Like that's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably the Iron Giant. Yes, of course. Right? It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, it's a character that's a robot. <laughs> yep. Like... And yet has more emotion than anyone <laughs> in Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> Is that still positive? Are we still? No, making... <laughs> you 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 stole Am that I from wrong? me. Am I wrong though? I mean. That's that's the thing that I think the DC universe in general, not counting things like Wonder Woman, is missing, is any kind of human connection or emotion. And I think well, that's throw Brightburn that's in there too because I that's saw what Brightburn. Yeah, but that's what Brightburn does on purpose. That's what it's going for. Uh, I didn't is that buy that. I feel like I, mean, was, I think there's a lot of times where those parents, like, let's treat this like we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> okay, and so. Even if you don't buy into, even though they know he came in a fucking spaceship that's buried in their barn, even if he's just say like a possible trouble child who could shoot up his school, sure, they have like no tact or like grace with how they talk to this kid at all. And I I was constantly consistently troubled by the fact that you would show a person reach out to him, and then as soon as he's like sort of bristled, they'd be like. Well, you're a stupid fucking kid. You're going to do what I say. Like, you know, it was, it was like, they, they, they didn't want to give more than like, they're like, I've got one sentence, uh, it's all dignity and adulthood. And after that, you, it's like, they, they, you talk about Superman going from like zero to a hundred. These parents, like, <laughs> why did they want to adopt a kid out of a spaceship? If they're just, and I think Elizabeth Banks maybe tries to be a little bit more mothering, but certainly not the father figure here. Oh no! I mean, you don't you don't get a you don't get a lot from him. I think you get a lot more from Elizabeth Banks, and I think again, in not a subtle way at all, they're they're trying to take a look at like how far would you go to protect your child? What would they have to do for you to be like, okay, that's the line, like we're done here? Because almost up until the last act of the movie, the mom is like. Yeah, he's doing terrible things, and uh, I should probably be very worried about this, but he's my kid. So I'm going to protect wanted, him as long as I can. Yeah, at the very minimum, I just wanted, <laughs> you know, like a more like a Costanza household type thing where it's like you you don't get to defy me until you can pin me, boy. And then they have a sequence <laughs> where he pins his dad, and he's like, all right, you're, you're a man now. Do what you want. Like, you know, I wash my hands of this. <laughs> But instead, Sorry, he, kid. he knows what this kid's turning into. He knows, like, what his powers are. He suspects him of, like, going on a chicken-killing rampage and, like, you know, breaking this little girl's arm, uh, throwing trucks through the air, and he's still, like, sassing the child. I don't know if I should just <laughs> think this guy's an idiot or he's got, like, the biggest balls on the planet. I think I think he's definitely an idiot. Like, there's a sequence where they're, you know, first out in the woods, and he's trying to tell his kids about the birds and the bees, where he's just he basically, like unknowingly like gives him the okay to do terrible things like you know you're gonna have urges whatever kid do what feels then, good it's like wait not now <laughs> like that's just that to her like by yourself mm-hmm. think about it it's fine uh so so yeah the the dad the dad here is is not great because i think he's probably the worst character in the movie because he does see this stuff coming but is weirdly unwilling to stand up to his wife where it's just like he sees that he knows the kid is 
like mass murdering chickens and is yet the wife goes like nope and he goes well okay i guess it's and then almost like he wants day. to hold that over her head that hey you remember all those times i was remember? right yeah. I fucking told you. <laughs> look we had to sacrifice close <laughs> friends family that little girl but now i finally am right and, and one thing i wanted to mention is i think because it lacks the budget as you mentioned to show any of his interactions with anyone except maybe like what like three or four people in this movie, mm-hmm. right? You've got the two parents, the girl he has a crush on, and the the mom, you know, the, her her mom. Um, so because of that, it's I don't know. I think I think the movie is probably better off if it makes the choice to include one more guy uh, that he's terrible to, uh, because it does have like kind of a violence against women fetish, and it's kind of weird. I'm like, okay with that it, if, if they want to <laughs> if they want to sort of kick that around more about that being yeah, especially if they want to actually culture. look at the, the toxic masculinity yeah. and go a little deeper for sure but like i mean that sequence with the with the eye is real rough to watch and what happens to the mom is pretty terrible too like it just and it gets more and more vicious and they stretch it out whereas the violence against the men in this movie it's pretty quick you know it's just like the car crash and then it's over uh whereas the stuff with the mom it's like this extended sequence of like let me chase you around the house <laughs> and kind of toy with you until the very very end like it is i mean it's a good 15 minutes of like a 90 minute movie <laughs> just like if you're okay superman, we need to wrap do you really up, guys. Do you really have to do that isn't that the joy of being superman that you can you know you get more well, sleep I think, I, I think that's kind of the point is that he's toying with her like i don't think at any point he's struggling here like he's he's stretching this out on purpose it is hideous and sociopathic and you know him feeling like he is better he's just got more stamina than a kid just during puberty that i ever knew i just (laughs) think true enough (laughs) i think he would blow his load pretty quickly there and the mom's dead quicker there it is yeah (laughs) on that note dave i've got another movie in mind better uh sort of anti-Superman slash, you know, I guess it would be like a Kira territory, like young child who's okay. like a bomb getting ready to go off that everyone's afraid of. You got one in mind? Oh, God. No. What, what's the one you have in Looper mind? is what I was thinking of. A lot of times when I was watching Brightburn, oh. I was like, man, there's a lot of shit here I liked, just liked more in Looper. And sure. That kid, and it's much more subtle in Looper. That kid's also like scarier. Because when that kid, yeah. the cute little kid turns <laughs> and has a guy like... <laughs> implode like from the inside a little little scary like it makes me kind of side with bruce willis yeah and i also think (laughs) yes i also think that brightburn is going over some very well-trodden territory here right in everything that it does whether it's the superhero angle whether it's the child gone wrong angle uh whether it's the slasher angle like there's nothing i do really like this movie but there is nothing new here um so if you don't like uh slasher movies if you don't like movies like the omen uh then you're probably not gonna like this either because again it is not done in a subtle manner it is not done in a way that is necessarily very clever um so if you don't like those old standbys of those genres then you're going to be like Mike and you're going to be like, fuck this movie. Like, get me out of here as quick as possible. But if you are into those, those genre pieces, then I think there is some weird fun 
to be had here. Here's here's what should have been my letterbox review. I guess I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and then we'll pimp out okay. our new podcast again. This is the most J.J. Abrams movie without the budget I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's valid. Valid. <laughs> You're and not wrong. Horrifying and all. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It is a mixtape, yes. uh, very low quality uh, mixtape they put together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just there's going to be at least one or two movies every year that I love, and I walk out of it knowing that the world is just going to despise. Uh, and this year it's Brightburn. I'm okay with that because no one will talk about this in another six months. It's not like it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's not like Mother, right? And Aronofsky, where people are like we need to talk about this because right, this right. is a Oscar-winning director and he's done a lot of good things. Got a great. I mean, it's it's a throwaway. Like I think the budget was probably like nine dollars. I think it probably made back its money just from you and me going to see it. So I hope not. I should <laughs> have asked for a refund, or I should have said, "Hey, yes. can you switch this over to Booksmart? Give it the give yes. those dollars there." Olivia uh, Wilde's going to be out hustling on the street, you know, with her little digital <laughs> camera, her iPhone movie she'll make next. You know, we, we got to make sure she's she's comfortable. I agree. All right. So, uh, Dave, make sure we get a few more clicks if they're still with us at this point. Yes. If you're still with us, uh, we will not be covering Brightburn and I'd say 99 percent will not be covering Man of Steel on a podcast covering Although great directors. There would be people who actually would want. A month on Snyder. He's got a pretty diehard yeah. fan base. I'm not saying we're going to do it. We're not in it, so <laughs> probably not going to happen. You'd have to pay us money to do that. Um, so we want to look at good directors, not Zack Snyder. Um, so if you are interested in a podcast that covers truly very good to great directors, I love this. Check out I love that the people who clicked on this by. clicked on a Man of Steel uh, episode, and what you're doing is you're just slapping them in the fuck face. You. <laughs> Should I just cut this promo? Should I just say, no, hey, you should definitely leave it in. <laughs> where, where are we on Twitter? Directed by Pod. Directed by Pod. Give a yes. mention if you want Zack Snyder. We'll we'll make it up to you. Well, you know, it may come after Nancy Myers, but we'll we'll get there. You know, and depending on what he does, who knows? Because I do think he can be a good director. There are some of his movies that I do actually enjoy. Uh, he's definitely got skill in making a movie look good. I would so maybe mind someday rewatching we'll Zack Snyder. His uh, what, Dom the Dead movie? I've not seen it since it uh, came the out. The Dead. Um, I love Three Hundred. I fun. actually would. I would love to do a podcast with you on Sucker Punch. I've only seen it once. I hated it. But uh, boy, that... I just think you want to put me through pain. That's uh, really yeah. There's that. Just so, revenge for Brightburn. So you know, give a mention. Uh, say hey, you're, we're checking out the show, or I checked out original remake. When you talk shit about my favorite director, make it up to me, and I'll make it happen. So yeah, at directed by we'll Pod. Yep, check it out. Jesus, Dave, I have to save you there. You're just going on about how <laughs> horrible he is, fuck, and I'm like, wait a minute, him. probably the only thing they're listening to because we're not going to do whoever directed Brightburn. I don't even know who the fuck is responsible for it, but for some random gun, whoever you are. I don't it, think a gun directed it, though. No, like, it was written, written by two other guns. Uh, the director... And, like, James Gunn probably produced? Yeah. I think he just lent his, like, name to it. Oh, God. The guy who directed it <laughs> directed the Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno video short. <laughs> and the Belco VR Escape Room Experiment video game. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> 